0: Your girl is a homebody, so one of the best parts of the day for me is when I can come home, put on my comfy pajamas, get snuggled up on the couch, and enjoy something to drink while catching up on a TV show. The thing is, though, that I don't want to drink wine all the time because, though I love it, I'm no longer a huge wine drinker like I was back in the day. I have morning headaches and even inflammation to thank for that. So to help fill that gap, I've been enjoying recess mood as a guilt-free way to unwind. Recess mood really is a vibe y'all there are only 20 calories per serving no added sugar and it's infused with stuff i like including mood lifting magnesium and stress balancing adaptogens which really helps me to relax after a high energy day recess mood has four delicious flavors to choose from my personal fave is strawberry rose if one of your goals in 2024 is to drink less alcohol this is the way give recess mood a try today and see how relaxed it helps you feel you deserve a healthier way to unwind Head to takeareecess.com forward slash self-care and get 15% off recess mood, your go-to alcohol replacement. The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week, only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. If you've been a part of the Brown Girl self-care community for a while... You know that I enjoy getting my sweat on by walking because staying fit and active is essential in prioritizing our health. And as black women, we know that our health is wealth. From the makers of Gatorade, Propel is the only zero calorie, zero sugar fitness water among national enhanced water brands with enough electrolytes to replace what is lost in sweat. With everything that is going on and as crazy as life gets, Propel is here to help keep you doing you. All Propel products are designed for people with busy, active lifestyles who want a water that is formulated for fitness and supports hydration with added benefits such as electrolytes, vitamins, and antioxidants. Check out Propel Immune Support, the newest fitness water that helps support a healthy immune system with 100% of the recommended daily value of vitamin C per bottle and an excellent source of zinc and electrolytes. You are listening to the Brown Girl Self-Care Podcast. My name is Bree Mitchell. I am the host of the show. If this is your first time listening to the show, hey, girl, hey, if you've been rolling with me for a while now, welcome back, sis. The Brown Girl Self-Care Podcast is a safe space for black women who are looking to prioritize their wholeness and healing. Y'all, I got a conversation for y'all today. I got a juicy conversation for us today. On the podcast today, I am speaking with Bevy Smith. Yes, that Bevy Smith. And I can tell you that she came up in here in this space and dropped all kinds of gems. We talked about operating from a place of authenticity. We talked about giving yourself compassion. We talked about how Bevy was able to be in a state of bliss even when she was broke. What? What? Yes, it is possible. There's a whole lot of goodness in this conversation and you are not going to want to miss it. So please do me a favor, okay? Get your journal, get your pen, and get into this conversation. Because I can promise you, you are not going to want to miss anything in this conversation. So lean in, listen up, and I'll catch you on the other side. You've seen her in all her shine on Wendy, Fashion Queens, and Page Six TV. You've read her memoir, Bevelations, Lessons from a Mother, Auntie, and Bestie. You know about her radio show, Bevelations. And recently, you might have seen her on stage giving a TED Talk on discovering your authentic self. Welcome, Bevy Smith, to the Brown Girl Self-Care Podcast. Hey, Bevy. Hi, baby. Thank you so much for having me. I am so glad that you're here. I'm honestly very, I'm very excited. I can hardly control myself. So um, every time I see you on the screen, it just honestly makes me, it just makes me feel very happy to see such a talented and beautiful black woman on screen who looks like me. Um, I don't know. It just makes me really happy just to see you out there doing the damn thing and living your life. So I'm just really glad
1: that you are spending time with me today. Thank you so much. Well, I'm honored to be here. I love talking to brown girls. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's
0: go ahead and get into it. Recently, you gave a TED Talk, which I mentioned before, on discovering your authentic self. Can, can we talk about more about what it means to be authentic?
1: Well, you know, everyone talks about authenticity. And in my TED Talk, I say, you know, whenever you read uh, any self-help book, because um, by the way, all self-help books really give you the same advice. It's just Mm -hmm. the tone in which they give it to you. Mm -hmm. So, um, and this goes off a little bit, but like I always tell people, if you have like 20 self-help books in your house and nothing has changed in your life, buying another book is not going to shift or change anything. You have to shift and change your mindset. But when you're reading these self-help books, they all start out with, be your most authentic self. And in my TED Talk, I say, but what if you don't know who that authentic self is? Because so many of us have done so much work to suppress who we truly are, because we felt like that person wasn't smart enough, or that person wasn't funny enough, or outgoing enough, or, you know, cool enough, whatever. And we suppress a lot of who we truly are at our core. And most of us start doing that, you know, as soon as we get of an age where popularity matters, right? And then we start trying to conform and shift into ways that will make us fit in. Um, And then if you're blessed, the older you get, the more you start to realize that fitting in is actually not the bomb.com. It's actually, um, it's a crux. It's, 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 um, it's something that you actually don't want to go towards you want to go away from being like everyone else and fitting in you actually want to embrace who you truly are and that's who you are at your core and so for me my most authentic self is who i am at my core and in my book revelations i talk about three questions that i really had to ask myself um to really get to who i truly was at my core and that's who am i at my core how am i being perceived how would I like to be perceived? And when I was able to answer those three questions, I started to find out who I was most authentically, right? Without the job titles, without mm-hmm. the relationship titles of girlfriend or, or aunt or daughter or whatever, I really I really found out who I was at my most authentic self. And that's when I was able to really take charge of my life and to really kind of um, steer the ship the way I wanted it to, you know, how I was able to change the course of my life. I've really found out who I was at my as my most authentic self.
0: Wow. So I actually have, re- I wrote those questions down because I wanted to kind of do some journaling around that. But again, those questions were, who am I at my core? How am I being perceived? And how would I like to be perceived? And you said something actually that kind of socked it it kind of socked me in my spirit a little bit because it was truth and that was if you have 50 11 books on or self-help books it's not the books yeah there's something else that needs to be looked at there it's it's not the
1: books that that you need yeah it's not the books I wish it was just the books right like wouldn't Mm -hmm. it be awesome if we read the book and then everything changed for us yeah, <laughs> but it doesn't happen that way. But so many of us believe that it will because there are so many people out there that look at themselves as gurus, self help gurus, and mm-hmm. you know, child, don't get me started on all of that. That yeah. big, mm-hmm. I mean, um, which is why I'm always very hesitant to even play in that space because um, I know I can't fix anyone's life. And this is no disrespect to Ayanna, who I can't. The goddess. I love Ayanla Van Zandt, by the way, and yes. I believe her books um, resonated with me, and they really did help me along on my journey, so shout out to Ayanla Van Zant. But ultimately, no matter who writes a book, Tony Robbins or Ayanla or Brene Brown or Bessie Smith even, mm-hmm. none of that is going to be a quick fix because you read the damn book. You're going to have to do the work. You're going to have to do the, uh, the self- um, help introspective work. That's what it takes to change your life. And um, a lot of people are not up for it, or a lot of people feel like, "Oh well, I tried." And my question is always when people say they've tried to change their lives, I'm like, "Well, how long did you try, and what did mm-hmm. you do to try?" Because people don't often don't realize that it usually takes us years to actually create a life that we're dissatisfied with, right? Like for me. It took years of me shrouding myself in this like fashionista Beverly Smith life. Um, And and I did a lot of damage to myself in that life. Um, But that was years on years and years of, you know, kind of hiding behind this persona. So when I'm 38 years old and I decide to do an upheaval and to get rid of that persona and to try emphasize, bring back Lulu Brown Bevy back into the fold. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Well, that's not instant. It didn't take, it wasn't instant to create the persona that once upon a time I thought was helping me And then I realized it was only hindering me. Wow. It took years to tap into that. So it's going to definitely take some time to get out of that, to extract yourself from that, to change your life, to go in a different direction. So you shouldn't beat yourself up if you've been trying to change your life and it's not happening within the span of six months or a year or even two years or even five years. We have to start learning how to give grace to ourselves, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. The
1: journey, it takes what it
0: takes. That's
1: that's just a part of the yeah. journey, right? Yeah. 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 Self-care for me is like giving, giving yourself grace. Mm-hmm. I give myself grace all day, every day, child. Probably too much of it. <laughs> <laughs> Is that such a thing
0: that you think you can give yourself too much grace? Because I don't think you can. But I don't
1: know. Well, at a point though, right, it can just become self-indulgent. So mm. you have you have to watch out that you're not straddling the line of like, no, you're perfect, you're amazing, and nothing's wrong, you're just doing. And if they don't like it, it's because they're haters. Like mm-hmm. it's so funny because in my TED talk, I I talk about bitchy Bevy about that persona. About how much money is attached to being a bitch? Mm-hmm. Especially if you work in fashion, you know there's a lot of money attached to being a bitch. We've all seen the Devil Wears Prada. Yes, people want to be Miranda. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, when you're watching that, they don't even know she's the villain. They hate Allie. <laughs> Which is always so funny to me. She wasn't doing enough. (laughs) Right, right. right? So there's a lot of money behind being a bitch. And so therefore, because it serves um, a purpose um, and the persona is so powerful, you know, there are people that can be like, you're not a bitch. You're just really strong. You're not a bitch. You just tell it like it is. And that was something that I had to like wing myself off of. Mm Mm-hmm. Because, yes, I am still very much a tell-it-like-it-is person, but now I curb myself, and I think about what I'm saying to people, and if I believe that it's going to do more harm than good. Like, if I'm going to crush someone's spirit by telling them, when they ask me, how did I do? And I all I do is rattle off the 20 things that I saw that was wrong with what they did, Versus starting with all the great things that they did. Now I would start with all the great things that they did. And then I might prattle off a couple of things at the end. But the old me with the idea of, I'm just telling it like it is. And I'm trying to help you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm like, oh, you ask me what's wrong? Well, let me just tell you. And have a litany of things. That doesn't help. Mm. That spirits. So yeah, you can... You know, you can give yourself too much grace when you're not being clear about what you're doing and if you're bringing harm to someone else or bringing harm to others. You know, I have a friend who um, is overweight, as am I, um, and will say things like, oh, well, I deserve a treat. Mm. Well, do you? Mm. That's say you don't. But if every day... It's, I deserve a treat, but you're saying that you want to change your weight. Yeah, you know. Do you? Do, let's shift what we're thinking about as a treat.
0: Hmm. Let me go ahead and put these Cheetos down real quick.
1: <laughs> <Let me> put <laughs> these snacks down real quick. No, 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 not- no, never that. No. Here's the thing. I'm 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 certainly not ever telling people. Uh, well, one, I don't, I don't really, I don't have conversations about my body. Mm-hmm. I to say mm-hmm. I love it, um, but I don't even do too much of those kind of conversations because I think, um, I think that body positivity is only body positivity if you don't have to talk about being positive about your body because. If you are a size four, you're not running around talking about, I'm positive about my body, right? You're just mm-hmm. living in your body. Right. So I'm just living in my body. And mm-hmm. like now mm-hmm. I, I need to lose some weight because, you know, I'm 55 and what I don't want is for my knees to go out and be in a, a, a damn scooter at the age of 62. Oh, no. So, bitch. Okay? <laughs> okay. Okay. okay but, but I, I, I do enjoy the lushness of myself. Hmm. Come on, baby. The lushness. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, like, I'm lush. I'm lush. It's like, you know, you, um, you hear that? That's mm-hmm. me patting my ass. You know what I mean? I'm lush. Yes. I, I make it, it clap. I'm, I'm lush. And I enjoy mm-hmm. that. I enjoy when I go down the street and it's like a it's a, a, a good old wiggle and it's a good old, you know, like an owl. It's an undulation. It's like, uh-huh. you know what I mean? Come on, man. <laughs> I love it. But now, but too much can be too much now, though, right? So you can mm-hmm. give yourself grace, but then you don't want to be delusional. And then all of a sudden, in seven years, you're in a walker or in a scooter. And then it's not so sexy for yourself. Then okay. you're miserable. You're like, oh, I could have done something about that. So everything should be done in moderation. But I know we veered off into so many places. I'm sorry. No, no, this is
0: all good because I mean it's all it's all intertwined. I wanted to go back actually and talk about Bitchy Bevy just a little bit more because for a time, and I was shocked to read that in your book because usually people that write books they kind of sugarcoat things. They yeah. don't give you the real truth. They don't like you. You get like that surface level, and I'm not saying that you just told us like every single facet of your life it's not that you need to keep some things to yourself everything is not for public consumption but right. I feel like a lot of books that I read are surface level and I love that you were so real about bitchy bevy because for a time I was bitchy breed and I was really? going to my office I, I was miserable I hated you I hated me I hated life I hated everybody I was and I was so slick with my mouth I could just cut you down so quick and I had a lot of healing to do, and I'm still in that process of healing, but I know that I'm not that version of Brie that is sitting before, or technically not sitting before you, but you know what I mean, sitting before you today. And so I just wanted to know, like, what what was the part? I know you said giving yourself grace and, and that kind of stuff. When people are listening, they're like, okay, I know I, I want to make some changes in certain areas of my life because I don't want to be this old version of myself anymore. I know that I am meant for more, me- meant for better It meant to evolve. Like, what was some of the healing work that you were able to do to go from bitchy bitchy bevy to brilliant bevy, beautiful bevy, bold bevy? You were were already all those things, but you know what I'm saying.
1: (laughs) Um, well, I just what really what happened was that for many years, being you know very outspoken and tell it like it is, um, worked. Um, and yeah, I, you know, I had to crack a couple of eggs to make the omelet, but you know, I was able to justify it. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I was able to justify that, like, oh yeah, she cried when I told her that, but then she changed her life or she cried when I told her that, but then she did better. Like, okay, but people are <laughs> crying.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: when I realized that, um, telling it like it is and being really kind of like abrasive in the way that I told people what I thought was not only hurting them, it was hurting myself because people didn't think I had real feelings. People didn't think I had emotions. People didn't believe that my feelings could be hurt um, because I was so, I was so black and white and there was no gray. mm. And that's a very isolating place to live. And um, I needed to change that. So I had to look at my life and be like, well, what would I like more of? And I was like, I want to be able to be soft with people and be acknowledged as a person who needs to be taken care of and, and be cared for. Well, you know how are you being perceived? How would you like to be perceived? Right? Mm-hmm. It goes back to the questions that I ask myself, you know, who are you at your core? How are you being perceived? How would you like to be perceived? So I just said, how I was being perceived and how would I like to be perceived as a human,
0: mm-hmm.
1: a woman who is soft, a woman who has emotions, a woman who um, needs to be cared for, a woman who cries at movies, a woman who likes to skip in a park, All these things that, like, I built up this persona that, like, was just so ironclad. And she was so um, powerful. But really, she was weak. Because if you don't have anyone who will show up for you at any time of the day and night, if you don't have a tribe... Then you're you're really quite weak, you know. What's the old proverb? If you want to go fast, go alone. Mm. But if you want to go far, go together. And yeah. yeah, I used to go really fast and I was alone. And now I go together, and I'm going really far because of that.
0: Hmm. Man, oh, man, oh, man, I did not know that we were going to be talking about these things on this level on this good day today. Ooh, so much there. And I, as you're talking, I'm like, how did she how does she know my life? How does she know my story? How is she, how is Bevy in my business right now? Like, how does she know? But it takes so much. And I know for me personally, just speaking for me, it it took and it takes so much to be vulnerable and to let your guard down especially after you've gone through so much and you've been told and taught that you have to be a certain way to get ahead. And this is how you do it. And you got to be a boss and step on necks and, you know, push, 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 and grind, 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 and do all these things. So to hear what you're saying is just, it's honestly refreshing because that,
1: that was a part of my truth. Real talk. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. It happens to the best of us. Um, You know, what's so interesting about all of it for me is that I actually didn't even come from a household that told us we need to be 10 times better than the white person to get half as far. I -hmm. didn't come from um, a single parent household where my mother was like, you know, I have to do everything. My father was our primary caregiver. Um, And my mother cooked once a week. I said that in my TED talk. Mm -hmm. My mother cooked five days a week. My mother cooked on Sundays. My father is the one who picked us up from school and you know, made sure we did our homework and all that. That wasn't my mother. So I don't even come from a mother that was like, All my life I had to fight. <laughs> you know what I, mean? I come from a mother who knows about leisure and who knows about um having her you know, having agency over her life. Um and I and I think it's it really was going into the world. Um and being in. Fa- fashion white fashion environments, um and buying into those personas that those people put forth. Mm. I didn't mm. learn these things at home, mm-hmm. and I and I retained very little of what I learned in the fashion world. Most of it I definitely left right there where they put it down. I was like, oh, I'm not going to take that, mm. but I definitely took on the bossy persona and the, you know, kind of um, not having it persona and you better get my work done persona and, you know, all of that. And that was very accepted too. Also bad behavior, when bad behavior is not only accepted, but rewarded, which mm-hmm. it is fashion. that's really unhealthy.
0: Yeah, I would imagine. So it seems like it's just very toxic.
1: Yeah. And mm-hmm. you don't even know it's toxic, because everyone around you is doing it.
0: Right. Wow. Wow. So you came from a woman who honored her humanity and lived a lifestyle of leisure, said, look, this is the day I'm cooking. You're going to get what you're going to get.
1: And yeah, she didn't. Yeah, sleep. Like we, we, I we, mean... It was an extravaganza, Brie. Now would too. Yes. Yeah, because Lolly might hear this and be like, "Now, wait. Now, don't act like I just do something in the pot. No, Sundays were two meats, home baked pies and cakes, several side dishes. You know, it was it was a full show. Oof. But it's only on Sunday. <laughs> okay.
0: oh <my> <laughs> I'm hungry too. That sounds amazing. <laughs> so, knowing what she, I mean. I, when I read that about your mom, I was just like, honestly, my mind was just blown. <laughs> I really it really was. And I know that over the years, or I'm assuming over the years she's instilled or you've taken away so many gems from your mom. Like, what would you say the biggest gem is that you carry with you based on her just honoring her her
1: truth? I um, I, I would urge everyone to listen to my TED talk because my TED talk it really pays homage to my mother. Um, I started out by saying that my mother, the best, the best lesson I took from my mother is don't settle because my mom didn't settle. My mom was 37 when she married my dad, she kept her maiden name. Then she had my sister and I back to back and she continued to work. Um, you know, um, my mom is always just kind of gone her own way. And she has never adhered to what other people thought she should do. Like, you know, she has always kind of charted her own course. Um, and not settling, I believe, is the reason why um, that when I became, when I started to acknowledge, because a lot of us are dissatisfied in our life, but we will not acknowledge it. So when I began to acknowledge my unhappiness, I knew I had to do something and I knew I couldn't just stay there in the status quo because I thought about my mother and I thought about the fact that a black woman from Jim Crow South with like a fifth grade education did not settle. Mm. So me with all of my gifts and all my blessings and all my education, and all my opportunities and all my access. Now, why would I be settling? Mm. I come from good stock, mhm, so mm. yeah, so my mom's I think the best lesson my mom taught me was don't settle. I
0: love it. that is so, so powerful. Wow, um so can I go back to your TED talk? Because you started with words that are gonna sit with me forever, and they were so simple, um, and it was I'm a late bloomer and that was so powerful to me it, it honestly it really was and especially coming from someone like bevy someone like you you've lived and are living such a phenomenal life obviously you know negotiating deals and making the money and in fashion and red bottoming your way across the globe and you know doing all the things um but i just wondered how how did you manage the internal and external pressures that tried to dictate
1: doing things by a certain age? Well, my mom, right? So like my mom was a a old mom. I'm just going to do that in quote fingers. Like now it's normal for people to have a 38 year old mother.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Now, Now it's normal for someone to be like, I'm having my first child or I'm having a baby at 45. I'm having a baby at 50. But when I was born in 1966, people were not having children at the age of 38, but my mom was. And the the thing about my mom was that, yes, she had me at 38, which means by the time I'm 12, she's 50. Back then, back in the 70s, 50 might as well have been 80, okay?
0: Mm.
1: Meanwhile, mm. my mother was just, she was, my mom was like a modern day 50. You know, like now 50 is like 50, You can still be sexy and vibrant and look good and get all the things and owls. My mom was like that in the 1970s as a 50-year-old woman. So I learned from her. And also because she showed us by example, she led by example, she never lied about her age. She could have easily passed for 15 years younger. She never lied about her age. As a matter of fact, she was proud of her age, which is why even though I've always worked in this youth culture experience, um, environments like um like fashion and um, and like uh you know um entertainment and all of that i've I've always worked in these places where youth is valued, but I've never felt the need to lie about my age, but that's because of my mom um and so I think it really is lessons I learned from my mother, Lolly that um is the reason why I don't fear aging. Um, As a matter of fact, I embrace it. And -hmm. that's why my mantra is, it gets greater later. Because I really do believe that. I look at my life now, I'm 55 years old, and I'm putting down my career of fashion and pop culture, hosting, you know, commentary on TV, and I'm picking up acting, and I'm picking up becoming a motivational speaker, and I'm picking up being an art consultant, and all these wonderful things that I'm picking up now at the age of 55 and have every intention on being incredibly successful at, mm. but you know, if I had, if I had an idea, notion that, you know, um, it's too late to change your life. Well, I wouldn't have changed my life at the age of 38 and I certainly wouldn't be doing it now at the age of 55.
0: Hmm. Wow. And actually that's your next book, Bebby, maybe. If you if you decide to write another book, it would be Life Lessons from My Mom, Lolly. Oh, that is lovely. I, I think it's beautiful. And I would definitely be the first person to pick that book up because clearly there's a lot to be learned from your mom. Yeah. Um, because, first of all, the whole age thing, which age shouldn't even define you, but that's just, that's just the world that we live in. So to have someone just proudly say, this is my age and... Yeah. I'm still fabulous, so so what? <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. that's important to me because I'll be fifty in a few years, and um, I'm old. Oh, I'm, I'm how old am I? I'm forty. It's okay to be skeptical and to question things that don't quite sound true. Like the time that I was dating someone that was trying to earn cool points, so told me he liked every single TV show that I did, but then couldn't tell me any of the names of the characters on these shows he claimed to love. Like seriously. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. Conversations ranging from Abbott Elementary to mental health to Tracy Ellis Ross, there is no limit to the range you will find on Black Stories, Black Truths. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get podcasts.
1: Six, I think. I think I'm 46. That sounds so bad. I think I'm 46. No, that's great. That's great because that means you, you're not paying it no mind. It's like it's what abs. Um, no, that's very good. So 46, maybe you're 46. How you yes. feeling about going into 50?
0: Uh, for the most part, uh, there's there is a little bit of fear. I'm not going to sit up here and lie. There is a little bit of fear in that because it's an unknown age for me, an unknown decade for me. Of course, but then on the other side of it, there's just this sense of damn. I'm gonna be doing some dope stuff and it's it's just now beginning. And I'm right now the things that I'm doing are getting me in alignment with the next decade, and they're gonna it's gonna be absolutely amazing. So I don't even understand how it's possible to feel both sides of the spectrum, but that's where I am right now, and I still feel fabulous and amazing, but it's a little bit of fear there
1: too. A little bit of fear, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I didn't have that. at When I turned 50, I was really very... I was in a beautiful, blissful place. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I turned 40, I was broke and really very happy. Um, 45, broke. But coming out of brokenness. Um, I was... Com- you know, Yeah. So 45, I actually wasn't broke, broke. I was like, budget broke. But 40... I was broke. Like, mm. girl, you were supposed to be going to Australia. Glad. You lucky if you get, if you got cab fare. You know what I mean? That kind of broke. <laughs> yeah. But that's okay. That's okay. Because you know what? It didn't trouble don't last always. And and I, I moved right on through that. But what was able to get me through and why mm-hmm. I never felt ashamed or embarrassed that because it's so funny, because I did the um, today's show, um, happy hour radio show um, yesterday and one of the, the producers is my friend and she's like, oh my God, I'm in my 40s now. I cannot imagine being broke in my 40s. I was like, well, I couldn't have imagined being broke in my 40s. It's just some shit that happened, right? <laughs> right? right well, like some shit I planned. I <laughs> like if you had told me like at 35 that I would be broke at 40, I would have been like, well, you're, you're stupid because I do really well at 35. So there's no way in the world that my fortunes are going to take a reversal um but I changed my life, and so a lot of times you have to start over from the beginning. I certainly did um but it was it was really incredible and 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 if I can tell anyone we have it's all about your outlook, mhm. So in my book, there's a chapter called Broke But Blissful, and I go through what ha- happened to me, you know, the brokenness and the the housing court and the, you know, cracking open a can of salmon and making six salmon croquettes, two for breakfast, two for lunch, two for dinner. Um, and this is from a person who used to go out to $250 a night dinners, like for one person, you know, eating at the best fabulous things. Um. But I learned so much during that broke but blissful part. And the most important thing I learned was that the money did not um, dictate my happiness level. Really didn't. Like if I could have, if I could have, if I had a, a husband and he was paying all the bills and I was just trying to change my life and that meant that i had no money to go shopping i had no discretionary income like i had no play money oh i would have been over the moon cuz i didn't need the stuff so going broke taught me that i didn't need the stuff and that's something that i believe that so many of us who come from um lesser backgrounds when we don't we come from you no know, i wasn't i didn't grow up Needing anything, you know, mm-hmm. I never, I wasn't like, oh, we didn't have food, and we were, you know, living pillar of the post, and I didn't have that, but we certainly weren't rich. Um, and so you think that when you start making a certain amount of money, oh, that will bring happiness. When you when you're able to, uh, you know, do certain things, like take certain trips or buy certain things, oh, that'll bring happiness. And what going broke taught me. Was that no, no, no? The money does not dictate your happiness level. Hmm. It doesn't because I was broke going to housing court, and boy, oh boy, was I happy. Hmm. I was so happy during that era, Brie, because I was doing everything I said I could do. I felt like such a winner, which is odd because I was like going to housing court, meaning they yeah. could have beat me at any time. Um, but I still felt like a winner because. I had I quit my job at the age of 38 with the idea of doing television and writing for major publications. So at the time I'm going to housing court, I'm writing for Essence and Glamour and Paper Magazine. I'm on VH1, BTE, so much so that one day I'm in housing court and a woman comes up to me and is like, aren't you that lady from TV? And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, what are you doing here? I said, the same thing you are, trying not to get evicted. <laughs> and she's like, oh. And most people would have been so ashamed of that moment, right? Mm-hmm. Because I'm on TV and now people are seeing me try to stave off an eviction. But I looked at it in a totally different way, Bree. I looked at it and I said, wow, I'm not even on TV on a regular basis. I'm on TV like once every couple of weeks, but I'm doing such a good job in my new life as a TV personality that people are retaining who I am. OMG, I'm really doing well. I'm on to something here. I got to keep going. Hmm. Hmm. It's all in how you look at, at things, right? Because mm-hmm. it could have been a de- devastating, defining moment where I'm like, well, you know what? I gave it a good try. I need to go and get a job because I don't know what to and being held in court again. But for me, it was more like, wow, look at you, Bevy. You go girl, high five. You got to keep going because if people know you like this and respond to you being on TV like this, wait until you get your own show and you really get to show them what you're made of.
0: Wow. So that reframe, I love that. I love that reframe mm-hmm. because you're right. It's, And I feel like at least speaking from personal experience, when you're getting closer to whatever this thing is that you like you feel like in your spirit, like I know this is for me and you're getting closer to it, there's going to be like a ton of damn roadblocks in the way. So, for example, you had that period of time where you said you wasn't broke, you was broke, broke, but you were still able to maintain your joy. And on top of that, you were reframing everything that was happening for you instead of happening to you. You were just looking at it from a different Perspective, and you you maintained your joy because I know a lot of times we would look at those same things, Bevy, and be like, as soon as the first thing pops up, you're like, Oh, this is not for me I yeah, I'm doing it. a job right
1: Mhm,, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I was like, oh no mhm this 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 is not calling me for the go get a job. this is something different. Mm. This is like, oh my gosh, look at you, Bevy. Look at what you've been able to create. Just out of your own imagination, just out of your sheer will. I was so proud of myself.
0: Yeah. I love that, Bevy. Because even me, just me thinking, because when you're talking, Bevy, it's crazy. Because I'm just, everything (laughs) that you're touching upon is just like, "Mm, I know how she felt about that. Or that's me right now. Or I was there a little while ago. And just like that wanting to kind of give up when things weren't going for me in the way that I just thought they should have gone just because I am who I am. Um, I'm like, well, maybe this podcast thing is not for you. Maybe you need to stop and go get a job. Maybe you need to go back into corporate America, even though that's what you know you don't want, you don't like, that's not who you want to be. But maybe this podcast thing, this thing is not thing in it. So maybe this is just not for you. But just having that
1: reframe. Yeah. And yeah, that is so important. Gotta have that reframe. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes a while, right? Like it took seven years from quitting Rolling Stone to get Fashion Queens on Bravo. Seven wow. years. Mm-hmm. That's a long wait. Yeah, I had no intention on it being seven years. I didn't. When I quit Rolling Stone, it definitely wasn't with the idea. Oh yeah, it'll take seven years for me to like get a TV show. It was like I'm quitting my job. I'm going to do this. It's going to be awesome. I'm taking all the classes you know and it's going to hit it's going to be incredible but what i will also tell you is this Brie, and this is the part and this is this is where god comes into it and it's like god is so magnificent mm. so i'm broke and i'm going to housing court and i'm going to housing court not just for myself but for my parents as well cuz i'm paying their rent and sometimes their rent is late child And I am so low on funds and I don't really see a way out. And then I get invited to a dinner during the holidays, the Hugo Hugo Boss host. And I'm the only black person there. And I'm the only person there that's no longer affiliated with a magazine.
0: Mm.
1: All the top editors from all the top magazines. And at that moment, I look around the room and I'm like, wow, I really have great relationships because look at me. Look at the fact that I'm in this room on my own steam, just as a Bevy Bevy Smith. Has nothing to do with Bevy Smith from Vibe or Rolling Stone, none of it. I'm just Bevy Smith. So that's one thing, right? Mm -hmm. And then when I'm leaving the restaurant and I'm tipsy and I'm broken, I'm like, ooh, I really need to take a taxi, but I don't know if I really actually have enough money to take a taxi all the way. And this is before Uber. This is before credit cards and taxes. You actually have to have cash. Mm. So I'm mulling that over. And then I hear someone call my name. It's Amarion. And I'm like, Amarion, you should have been at this dinner. And I realized there's no one that could put Amarion in a a dinner party like that with, you know, editors from GQ and Esquire and all these top magazines and then in front of like designer fashion people. Who who could get Amari in a room like that? Mm-hmm. Me, and that's about it. And that's mm. how, from being broke, I create dinner with Bevy. Dinner with <sighs> Bevy not only sustains me, but it gives me the relationships that I'm still enjoying to this day with with celebrities. Mm. Well, if I hadn't gone broke, I would have never become an entrepreneur. I would have never created dinner with Bevy, And then I would have never had the ability to do a dinner for Idris Elba or Kerry Washington oh. or Pharrell and all these amazing other people that I've done dinners for.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah. So look at that. Look at God. Look at what he gave me. If I had been like, what was me? This is horrible. Mm-hmm. I to turn back I would have never discovered just how strong and intuitive and resourceful I was I would have never known it I would have went mm-hmm. back and got a nice big fancy job bought my brownstone in Harlem and been a miserable bitch <laughs> <laughs> I was not expecting that yeah. <laughs> that's who I would have been baby yeah. and I, I, I will tell y'all this real quick them things, the trappings. That's the reason why they're called trappings. The trappings, the cars, the houses, the clothes, the shoes, the back, the trappings. <laughs> guess not, they are traps. Because I had a choice. Right when I was quitting my job, I had a choice. I could buy this brownstone in Harlem, or I could quit my damn job because. The money I had for the down payment was also money that I could use to fuel my new life. I decided to use it to fuel my new life. Mm. Now, to many people, they're like, damn, but you could have bought that brownstone. You know how much it would be worth right now? Yeah, but how much is my life worth? Mm. So the house, right now, if I had bought it, yeah, probably be worth a couple of million dollars. Probably like $2 million. That's a lot of money, but guess what? My life is worth more than that. My happiness is worth more than $2 million. So I have no regrets in how it turned out because now I'm really happy with my life. And in like literally five days I can afford to buy a $2 million house. So it's fine. It worked out nice. So I get both things. Yeah, that definitely worked out. (laughs) I'm glad that you kept going because
0: I can't even imagine how different the world would be had you not.
1: Body, how different I would be. Ooh. Yeah, that part too. It's, I just it's think been. about who I would have been. If I had married that guy, you know, we all got that guy. If mm-hmm. I married him, who would I be? You know, man's rejection is God's protection. Come on God. now. <laughs> he didn't want to, he did not want to be the husband that I wanted him to be. Thank God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If he had acquiesced and actually been malleable in that way? I'd be sitting up now in Westchester somewhere with some kids, not a very attentive mother, I'm sure. But I didn't want children. I just didn't want to have to work. And I figured, well, if you get married, you're going to still have to work. But if you have children, you can say you're mm-hmm. raising children. And then if your guy makes money, obviously, then you don't have to work. Yeah, I wasn't going to marry nobody broke. Oh God, no, <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> what was what was going That's the way that scam was going to run, girl. <laughs> not mm-hmm. a scam. It was yeah. a full-on scam. Hmm. A full-on scam, and most of us are running scams on ourselves. Like mm. you know, this is scam, I had to hit my desk. <laughs> right. We're having our very own Ponzi schemes. (laughs) We're we're our own Bernie Madoffs. Don't do it, girl. Look at your life. Assess it honestly. Look Mm -hmm. at your greed. Look at your value system. To thine Mm -hmm. own self be true. Figure out what truly makes you happy. Figure Mm -hmm. it out. And then go for that. Don't suppress it. I knew forever, I knew Bree literally Bree, I knew since I was like in my twenties that I did not want to work, but well, who can say that? nobody can say that <laughs> nobody, yeah, you look crazy, you sound even crazier, yeah, so then I just decided, well, one way that you can legitimately not work is. You get married, then you get somebody to take care of you. Then when that didn't work out, I was like, oh, gosh. So I've got to now figure out how to make myself happy. Mm. I've got to now figure out, like, what to do with myself now that there's not someone. Because I literally was a woman who was looking at men for my happiness. I know that's not a very evolved thing to say. But I was literally looking at any man that I was with, like in a relationship with, mm-hmm. it was his job to make me happy. That is ridiculous. Mm. Too much pressure on the man, too much pressure yeah. on the relationship and no one can make you happy. That is a solo pursuit. You are Beyonce when it comes to happiness. You are a solo yes. artist.
0: Yes, absolutely. Mm, 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 mm. You know? I didn't know he was going to take us to church today, but I feel like I
1: was was going to do it either
0: time to give the benedictions and pass (laughs) the plate and (laughs) all of that. But I know that we have to wrap up. I literally, I literally could listen to you talk for hours. So if there happens to be an invite to the next cocktail event, um, (laughs) let us know. (laughs) um, If I could ask just another question, like, Well, I have many questions, but I know I want to be respectful of your time. So I'll just ask as we wrap up, like, what's, what's next for you? Like what, what's next for Bevy Smith? And what? hmm? Just you in just the place of maybe your healing and just continuing to do things that bring you joy and
1: just self-love. What's next for me? Well, I mean, you know, I am acting, that brings me great joy. Mm-hmm. I am um taking a lot more time out for myself um mm-hmm. so i I'm, I'm I'm doing a lot more, and it's not even self care child it's on a whole other level. I'm in a space right now where I don't want for anything because i truly I am truly so blissful like, there are things that I could have like I'm not the richest girl I'm not um, the most fit girl i'm not the um i'm not in the relationship um but i look at my life and i'm like gosh darn it you have so many blessings and gifts your life is an abundance of riches and i'm so very grateful and so i'm in a space of i don't want for anything there are things that I would like and that I welcome into my life, but I also realize all that God has given me. So I'm looking at my life with a glass half full approach versus a, half, a glass half empty approach. I'm looking at my life, and I always say this about my guy, my 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 um, partner, the man that I'm going to, you know, really connect with. I always say my life right now is cake, and when he shows up, he will be icing now, the important thing to remember is if you have a really great, moist piece of pound cake, you don't need no drizzle. You don't need no frosting. <laughs> it's just add sweetness. Yes. So my guy will add sweetness. But I, my cake, my life is already really good. Hmm. And so that's what's next for me, realizing and keeping that um, gratitude and that That spirit of not having this, I want, I want, I want, and chasing, chasing, chasing. I'm letting all the blessings come to me. I've done the work. I've let the universe and God know what I would like. And now I'm letting it go. And let's see what God has in store for me. Hmm. So it's a really great way to, to be. It's a, it's literally, you know, like that saying, go with the flow. I think not enough people take that in. When you say go with the flow, I'm going with the flow. So I'm firmly rooted in my present right now. So I'm not worried about what's next. I'm not worried about Tomorrow. I have some very nice little loose ideas about what I would like it to look like, but I know it's subject to change and Mm -hmm. I'm okay with that because change will do you good.
0: Hmm. It's being present. Oh man. Your words are just like a balm for my spirit. I'm not even just saying that, just say it. I'm just being honest. That's just how I, I literally feel like you have wrapped me <laughs> in the warmest, like blanket of truth and love and authenticity and everything else I could even think of. Like, that's just how I feel right now. Real talk. I, I really do. <sighs> that was awesome. Well, um, like I said, I have a million and one questions. and I could talk all day, but I want to be respectful of your time. So I will go ahead and end it here. But um, Bevy, I really just want to thank you so much for, for pouring into me and pouring into my community today and sharing your truth. And I don't know, it's just so magical and so amazing. I want to make sure that I remind my audience to please, if you don't do nothing else this week, when you listen to this podcast, I want you to do two things. First thing I want you to do is to make sure that you watch bevy's ted talk it's amazing please i think i've watched it two or three times now um and you pick up something different (laughs) at least i did you pick up something different like every single time you watch it and also make sure that you get her book bevelations you have to pick this book up it's absolutely amazing i'm about halfway through i haven't had a chance to finish the rest but if the rest of the book is as i don't know just amazing as the first half, this is going to be a book that I'll pick up time and time again. There's so many lessons and nuggets in it. So do yourself a favor and do those two things without question this week. And I'll be sure to link both of those in today's show notes. Um, Bevy, it has been a blessing for me to be able to hear you talk and just to be with you today. And I just thank you so much.
1: I thank you, my breed. Thank you so much for having me. And I love all the Brown girls out there that are listening and I really hope that um, you guys can take in the message that it does get greater later, that you are more than enough as you are and that you know you can chart your course um, and you are responsible for your own happiness. And while that might seem initially like that's a huge undertaking, it's really awesome to have agency over your life and to know that you and you alone can manufacture, can create the life that you want to live. So I hope all of you guys are inspired by that. And um, I thank you so much, Bree.
0: Thank you so much, Bevy. Woo! What did I tell y'all? Did you catch all them gems? This might be an episode where you have to go back, pause, write some stuff down, rewind, fast forward, pause, write some stuff down because there were so many takeaways in this episode with Bevy. And again, I was just so thankful to be able to be in conversation with her because I learned, I learned a lot, honestly, but I want to hear from you. What did you think about today's podcast episode? If you have any questions or comments, I definitely would love to hear them. You can reach me at connect at browngirlselfcare.com. Again, connect at com, or you can reach out to me on Instagram at browngirlselfcare. So that is it for this week's episode. I hope that you enjoyed it. I hope that you got some amazing takeaways. In fact, I'm I'm almost a million percent positive, which means I'm very positive that you did. And by the way, if this episode or any of the other episodes that I have sent out into the world have been of benefit for you, two things I want to tell you is number one, some of you have asked, how can we support you, Bree? You can support me and this platform by joining me on Patreon. You can go to patreon.com forward slash brown girls care and sign up to become a patron. And also be, sh- be sure to share the episode. Share it with the friends. Share it with your squad. Tell them, hey, you need to listen to this. This episode was everything. This podcast is everything. And you can also leave me a five star rating on iTunes or wherever you listen to the Brown Girl Self-Care Podcast. Yes, those were just shameless plugs there. But hey, if you don't ask or you don't, you know, put it out there, you don't get fed. And that's, I'm all about eating, honey. So had to do that. So with that said, that's it for this episode. I look forward to connecting with you very soon. And I look forward to serving up more of this Brown Girl Self-Care goodness. I'll talk to you soon.